possible. Need another big third down conversion. Meyer looking to throw, fires deep down the left side for Blythe, and he has the catch. Tiptoeing the sidelines, 20, 10, 5, touchdown Todd Blythe, his fourth of the day. Unbelievable. All right, fired up. Big 12 championship week here on the Meyer to Blythe pod. I'm one of your hosts, Brett Meyer, here with, as always, um, my man Todd Blythe. Todd. Are you uh scale of one to 10? Where are we at right now? Are you hyped? A thousand. I'm on a thousand this week. I'm fired up. This is going to be only thing better was, is if we were podcasting uh, from Dallas and not, and not from my basement right now, but no, man, I'm fired up for this week. This is going to be fun. Yeah, that would be, um, yeah. Could you imagine if, I mean, how many Iowa state fans do you think would be in Dallas? Like probably all, like all of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say probably about 280,000 would show up and just be there. Like legit, that would we would yeah. cardinal and gold would over and maybe black and white also since those are the unis it looks like we're wearing but we would overrun that city. Um, I mean, it's a heck of a lot closer for uh, for Oklahoma, but we would outnumber them ten to one. That'd be so much fun to go down there, and just because we got a lot of friends and former teammates that live down there, um, it'd be a blast to be able to go down. But of course, it's our luck. Iowa State not allowed to have nice things. It's our luck when we go to Big Twelve. We'll be back game. next year. Probably will probably still be here, but we'll be back next year. So <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> no man, um, obviously a big week and kind of a unique week for a lot of teams who are usually uh taking i mean recruiting's been kind of turned upside down with no official visits and no um you know coaches out out in the field recruiting everything's been done virtually and uh today is the early signing period for um for schools and so i could imagine you know in Ames you're uber focused on obviously your your championship game and in Oklahoma and all the teams that are playing this week for for conference championships and then Oh yeah, you got to sign recruits and, and worry about that. But uh, <laughs> an interesting day, I'm sure, and, and uh, a stressful day for a lot of coaches who are trying to get ready. But um, you know, there's probably like- uh, there's probably a lot of coaches' wives and coaches' families out there that you know this. It's weird to have their uh, have their husband that you know that's a coach around at night. Uh, you know, it, practice meetings get done. Granted, they get, you know, they're leaving the facilities late anyway, but they're not on the road recruiting, uh, you know, any free time that they do have like normal. So the, there's a lot of couples out there across the nation that are figuring out if they actually like each other or not. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, because there's going to be, obviously there's going to be a lot of budgets that are going to be in flux and kind of blown up and uh, some deficits around the country. I know that Jamie Pollard has been up front about that. I listened to him talk with Chris, another great interview um, about just, he talked about how the coaches are obviously not out and, you know, are not flying around the country and recruiting and how much money that's saved. It'll be interesting to see if, you know, what schools will continue to implement that um, to kind of see, because I mean, for being honest, like, you really don't see big jumps in recruiting, like, you know, maybe like an Oregon this year signed like a top five class and they typically don't do that, but that's more about the coach that's there. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you're right is maybe this is, this signals a, a, a turn or a change in how recruiting is done. I think in, you know, outside of football, just in, in business across the country, you're seeing a lot of companies that are realizing, Hey, we can get, we can be just as efficient, um, as far as, you know, production, what kind of work we want to do with our, with our business and our employees um, without having to pay for the office space. If they're, you know, they got, they're in a home office, we'll give everybody a computer and not give everybody an office and, uh, and able to do the same kind of stuff. Maybe that signals a change in recruiting. I don't know. I think it's still, 
you know, a, a lot of these, you know, footballs, uh, football coaches are pretty old school. They're still going to want to get in, get in front of people face to face. But I mean, it, it does prove a point. It can still, you know, it can be done in a year like this and maybe things will change moving forward. Yeah. I mean, it, all it's going to take is for, you know, one, you know, a number of schools that you compete against to just say, forget it. And, and they're out in the field recruiting. And I think, um, Cause you know, what are they going to say to a recruit? Like, Oh, you know, Iowa state's at home virtual and we're here to see you. What is it? You know? So yeah, but we're the big 12 champs. So I know, I know, but you (laughs) see, I know everybody came into this kind of like the coaching firing season and um, everybody came in thinking it's going to be a little bit more tame. You won't see as many, see as much turnover. And next thing you know, Auburn's firing Gus and they're owning him 21 and a half million South Carolina fires well must champ they're owing him i think you know 13 13 2 something like that so um, yeah, that's crazy wild man i mean i i i don't know maybe i, I just don't think a lot of people like can you imagine getting that much money to not do anything 21 million dollars and you don't have to work a day i imagine it i imagine it all the time i did see somebody <laughs> tweeted this i, I daydream about that all the time <laughs> like there was just a tweet about like breaking news um, Gus Malzahn, $21.5 million buyout. And somebody just tweeted, like, this is my dream. Like, I will already have a Bloody Mary sitting on the couch. Like, you can't even be upset. You get $21.5 million or whatever it just is. Just disappear to a beach house or, like, a oh vacation home goodness. somewhere. I mean, I might not even tell my friends and stuff. I, I mean, you just all of a sudden, you're just not there anymore. The house is still there. The clothes are still in the closet. You Where'd get 21, 21 mil to go 21 sit on a beach. I'll go buy a new wardrobe. Oh, uh, that'd be, yeah, that is the dream right there. That's, that's the lottery. You hit the lottery because yeah. you did a bad job at your, at your I know. you did well, a bad, Jesus, obviously you, know, you weren't good at your job. Yeah, he won a national title and re-upped as he should have. Good for him. And, I mean, he got fired a couple of years later. They owed him like $300,000 a month for like four or five years. Something stupid like that. Jeez. Like, Can you keep the lights on with that? Jeez. Man, and he earned it though. He won a national championship. So, but Will Muschamp in South Carolina, $44 million budget deficit. <laughs> 13 million in a, in a pandemic year uh, yeah, that's but whatever so we're uh our football coach thankfully is not uh is not in that boat where we shouldn't where we have to make a change um, breaking news matt campbell not on the hot not seat this on year. the hot seat so um but yeah i mean uh, coming into this oklahoma game you want to talk a little recruiting how closely do you follow recruiting because i'm kind of in and out on it um a little, not, not real close at all. Not like, you know, Chris and Brent and some of those guys, I'm sure. Um, on signing day, you know, I'm, I'm looking through the list right now. I, I kind of try and keep track when we're going after Iowa kids um, or potentially, uh, you know, somebody this last couple of years coaching at Roosevelt, potentially somebody that we might have played against. Um, but no, I'm not one of those guys that just scours the message boards and, and you know, wants to uh, critique 16, 17-year-old kids a whole lot. But um, yeah, it's always – I'm more of a guy that pays attention to it after signing day, and then I'll get excited about who we have signed versus who we're potentially signing. Yeah, I'm just going back. Like, we'll just go back to, like, 2018 team rankings. Like, this is the indictment for me of, like, a Tom Herman at Texas. So, like, in 2018, this is Rivals ranking. He signs a number four overall class. 2019 – Texas, Tom Herman, size the number four overall class. So back-to-back years, top five classes. Let's go back to like 17. 2017, that might have been his first year, like in the 30s. But like, so back-to-back years, top five classes, and you're not seeing anything on the field. That's pretty bad. But other than that, I mean, it's like Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, 
It's some variation of that. LSU. The, the usual suspect. Yeah, it's like the same five or six schools every year. But, um, you know, we'll see. God, I'm not going to be able to find the tweet now. Oh, here it is. Never mind. I did find it. Uh, Fox College Football, their Twitter site put up a thing of uh, the top 10 um, most talented teams right now among the Power 5 championship game teams. So any team that's in a, in a Power 5 championship game. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, did you see this? Like Alabama, 12 mm-hmm. five-star kids, 58 four-star kids. Ohio State, 14 five-stars, 52 – or uh, yeah, 14 five-stars, 52 four-stars. And all the way down – uh, Iowa State, zero five-stars, four four-star recruits. And just reading through some of the comments, some of the comments are hilarious, as Twitter comments tend to be. Um, but th- it just speaks volumes about uh, – I mean, that, that's coaching. That's player development. That's, I mean, recruiting, scouring the, the country to find these hidden gems. Uh, every once in a while you get a kid, you know, a four-star kid like Brees Hall who turned down a bunch of other schools. Uh, but a lot of our players, year in and year out, uh, even these last couple of years when we've been really successful have been those two or three star kids that aren't getting a lot of notice or a lot of attention from other schools. And we develop as players. We, we find kids that are going to fit our system and what we want to do uh, both culture wise and on the field. Um, and we turn them into good football players and that's, that's showing up, you know, in spades this year. hundred percent. I think, yeah, I mean, that was Urban Meyer mentioned that about Tom Herman and maybe I know they got some, there's some bad blood between those two guys, but that's what he mentioned was just like, you know, you're not seeing them guy. You're not seeing them on NFL draft day. They're not drafting Texas players. And um, I think exactly the opposite of us is like, we don't have a loaded roster in terms of like, you know, the quote unquote phony stars. I mean, it means something though, because you know, Alabama and the teams that sign the most, the highest rated players are usually the best because players win games. But um, we have, we have we have guys that I think because like what is the difference between like a three star and a four star or a two star and it's like you know what I mean I don't know the five star guys are all elite and if you go back and track to like see how many four or five star or five star guys especially almost all of them in the NFL they don't miss on those very much but I, I just will say about- to interrupt you real quick sorry I do this is just something I always I always think about and I'm not gonna remember his name so I apologize for that but I think he was the number one recruit in the nation. I think our year or maybe a year older than us, it was a receiver that went to USC and he flamed out at USC and he got, and he ended up transferring and he played at Northern Iowa because we played against him. He played running back at Northern Iowa. Um, and when, you know, so we, I remember hearing about him the week leading up to him. Hey, he's the number one recruit in the nation a few years ago, going to USC. Now he's playing running back at UNI. And we saw him and he's like this short, fat little dude. I, I mean, he wasn't fat, obviously coming out of high school and he barely played for him. Um, so every once in a while they, they miss and <laughs> on a, on a five-star kid or a really highly recruited kid um, or the kid obviously just didn't handle his business when he got to college. But yeah, yep. for the most part, 99% of those guys turn into be at least contributors at the college level mm-hmm. uh, versus, you know, the three, the three-star kids. I think you probably get a, a bunch of those kids where they can be turned into elite players or they can be guys that you never hear of again. Yeah. I just, it's the recruiting thing is interesting. Even if you're signing like, you know, say like in Arkansas, okay, it says they signed the 22nd best class in the country. The average stars are 3.09. But then you look down, let's go down to, you know, like we're Iowa State. We signed the 46th best class in the country. Ours average star is 2.8. Like, what's the difference? Like, I promise yeah. you that our coaching staff is going to get substantially more out of our players than they will at Arkansas. Nothing against the Arkansas staff. Um, How many stars did you have? Do you remember? 
I don't know. I think I had two, but like, it's interesting how that works. So like, if I were to say, picked up an offer from, you know, just insert like school here, like, you know, say whatever, I go to like a Miami camp, I go, I get an offer. All of a sudden I'd bump up stars and I didn't, I didn't I'm, not, I'm the same player. It's just that some, you know, there was one coach at that school that felt like, you know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes he gets bumped up and. Oh yeah. But uh, gosh, I see why Gus Malzahn got fired. Auburn's recruiting class right now is ranked 52nd in the country. That should never happen. Zero four stars. But I mean, you, you know how competitive it is in the SEC. Yeah, but I mean, that's like my Crazy. take on Texas should never win less than, you know, nine ball games a year. Yeah. Auburn should never have a recruiting class that's that low. But their track okay. record, their pedigree, yeah. Yeah, all right, that's enough about recruiting. I don't uh, – I don't want to say, obviously it matters, but it doesn't matter. No, I want to go sense. through, I want to go through name by yeah. name and I want you to critique and rank these 17 year olds. Yeah. I just, exactly well, what, what's good about them. What's not good about them. I just Ready, think you go. can, you can chalk up like the top 10 schools every year and it's just going to be a different mix of the same schools. Yep. So like to me, it's like, that's what's the point of paying attention to recruiting. I was going to sign their guys. They're going to be like 27 to 30. We're going to be anywhere from like 30 to 40. And it doesn't really matter. Like, I just, I don't know. I think for, at, a certain, to a, at a certain point, you, you just stop worrying about it. And I know it's fun for fans and it's obviously important and it drives a lot of engagement, but uh, yeah, man, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad we got the staff we do because we get the most out of our guys, but moving on yeah. to uh, big 12 championship week, 11 AM kick uh, Jerry's world, Dallas, Texas, obviously. Uh, the uh, all-black Iowa State Cyclones <laughs> undefeated in our black unis uh, up against OU. Um, Those aren't what, even our school colors. I think it's funny. <laughs> I think that's one of those that they kind of wore out and, and, and then we're moving on. So um, how are you feeling? What are your thoughts going into this game right now? I feel good. I mean, we talked about this on the live show the other night. Um, I, I just – our kids, and I, you made a great point when you said, and the, the way you phrased it I thought was great, is our kids don't have, I say our kids, our players don't have scar tissue. Uh, you know, they don't have those memories of, you know, getting beat. What did we get beat by Texas our senior year? Like 63 to 3 or something? I think it was like 52 to 3. Um, some, some brutal. But uh, our players don't have any memories of getting beat up on by, by teams like that. Like, if anything, they have the memories of, you know, playing Mahomes at Texas Tech and, you know, hanging 70 on them or whatever we did. I mean, you, you know, our, uh, our players have a lot, you know, more positive memories across the board than like we did or, or teams in the past. Um, and Texas and Oklahoma isn't the, the bullies of the big 12, like they used to be, you know, uh, obviously we're facing Oklahoma and that's a team that we've beat, you know, several years now. Uh, so that's just the mindset going into it is completely different. Uh, and then I, I just love the one. I mean, our, our head coach is just as good a leader as the as there is. He's going to have our guys ready to go. He's going to have them fired up. Um, but I love our leaders on the football team as well with Brock Purdy, his demeanor, um, Brees Hall in the backfield. It, he seems unflappable, uh, giving the ball about 25 times, and we got a real good shot. Uh, and then, you know, guys like Rose on the, on the defensive side of the ball. We just got guys that they don't seem like anything's going to be too big for them. Uh, so, I, I mean, I've, I'm extremely confident about this game. Um, just can't wait to get to Saturday and, and fire this thing up. I wish it was a primetime game and like six o'clock kick and things like that, but yeah, I didn't. Yeah, whatever. We'll be ready to go. I'm not, uh, but yeah, I mean, you look at kind of the X's and O's of it, you know, Brock's been really good. He's, he's completing about 72% of his passes. Um, 
he's up over 10% from the first five games of the season. So obviously our offense and, and our quarterback has been able to kind of hit their stride. But Oklahoma, I mean, they got the number four rush defense in all of college football, allowing less than 90 yards a, 90 yards a game. So that's strength on strength. Obviously our run game with Brees Hall is has been a lead all year. So we'll kind of see if we're able to kind of mix in and, and get creative. And But I think probably the biggest factor of all is just – you know, we can talk about our staff and, and our guys and have veteran leaders, but I just think the, you know, I'm not concerned about it, but I just think we have to, we have to be able to get off to a good start. We have to be able to manage that because, you know, the OU's played the, the, I think the Big 12, the game came back in 2017. So this is the fourth time we, this is the fourth iteration of the game in its current form and they've won three of them. So they've been there. Basically everyone on this roster you know, outside the, the guys that signed this year have, have played in this game and they're going to be used to it. They're going to have a bunch of Texas guys that played their state championship games and high school games in the stadium. In contrast, we may have just, a, you know, two or three guys from the state of Texas who have experience here. So hopefully we'll be able to get past that and just get into the flow of, game, flow of the game as soon as possible. But, um, you know, I'm excited. I really am. I'm, I, I can't wait for this game to start and just kind of get locked in and kind of just taking the scenery and just, just look, it's, it's so fun to be part of the conversation, even though we got, you know, like your boy Reese Davis hating on us. He, <laughs> I didn't watch it. I didn't get a chance to check it out, but I guess he was lighting us up because, you know, he's, um, I mean, he's a it, talking it's, head. Yeah. it's a power five playoff. They're not going to let a group of five team in, especially like Cincinnati hasn't played a, and they haven't played a power five team all year. So how can you, I just, I don't think they're going to give them a chance to be in the playoff. Maybe Coastal Carolina has has more of an argument, but you know Cincinnati hasn't hasn't played a, a Power Five school, so it's hard. It's just it's it's impossible. I yeah, one thing right. one thing you said about getting off to a fast start, and I think if we can weather the storm and get through to you know after the first couple of possessions, I think that'll be important. Uh, you know, the first couple of possessions for Oklahoma on offense is going to be scripted plays. Those are going to be plays that Lincoln Riley has that they've drawn up that they practiced all week. Um, I mean, they're literally you know teams call call their offense off a script uh, for the first couple of possessions. Um, yep. Once you get through that those first couple of possessions, then it's just playing ball. Uh, and and so if we can you know, whether that storm or get through that point where Lincoln Riley is really at his best scheming and drawing things in the dirt, um, then it's just reactive football and they have to uh, react to what our defense is doing down in the distance and, and um, you know, all that stuff. So as if we can get to the, I think I said this before on the, on the live show, if we can get to the middle of the first quarter uh, and we're in good shape, I really like our chances. Just, we can't let them come out and go march down the field first two possessions and, and get to get up 14 zip on us. Yeah, I mean, they got the first the fast start in the first, um, you know, they went down and I'm looking at the kind of the, the scoring summary, seven plays, 74 yards up and down the field, big chunk plays, like you said, on those scripted plays. We used to do the same thing. Every every offensive staff does this, unless you're like Texas Tech and you just don't care. You just run the same five plays <laughs> or, you know, any Mike Leach air raid team. But, um, you know, everybody does this where you have your scripted plays. You do it for two reasons, right? To be able to get off to a good start, but then you're on your base formations to see how defensively they're going to line up. Yep. And then that, that's kind of how you call the rest of the game based off of that because you know what you're going to see. Um, but, yeah, they got off to a fast start. But, again, they got into the, we got into the flow of the game outside of their script, and we were able to kind of to hold them um, and to get some stops and, and defensively create some problems and ultimately, a, you know, a game-clinching turnover late in the game. So, yeah, it, to me, it's all about the start of the game and then, you know, obviously trying to neutralize, you know, whatever they do best. Because right now that they're really, really good against the run, 
their defense has, has stepped up huge and, and uh, in a big way and gotten a lot better as the year has gone on. So um, I'm excited for the game. I almost don't even want to talk about the exit and I'm just ready to watch it. I know it's kind of a, a different approach to it, but um, I'm ready to go. I'm so excited. And again, I, I, I wish we could all be there. It would be so great if, if everyone. Uh, oh, if how, how much fun out. would it be? This is something I've talked to some people about. And um, I mean, just through being, you know, being a small part of Cyclone Fanatic and doing this podcast and stuff, I feel like I've, you know, connected and developed you know, friendships, some of them only on Twitter, uh, just kind of through this community that is Cyclone Fanatic. And, um, and how much fun would it be to go down to Dallas and have beers with all those people that, I mean, I, I like have inside jokes with people on, that I've never met on Twitter, but uh, to go down and, and have beers with those people and, and tailgate for a big 12 title game would be just, I mean, that'd be one of the best things there is. So, you know, let's win this one. Let's, let's uh, you know, circle back. Let's run it back and do it again next year when we can all get together. Yeah, I would uh... – I would agree 100%, man. That would just be – it would be an unbelievable an unbelievable atmosphere. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy that, you know, I don't know what amount, 15,000, 20,000 people are going to be able to go. Um, sounds like we sold our allotment out. Shocker in like five seconds. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, – it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see. But, uh, you know, I just think the keys of the game is just can get off to a good start. And then our guys that we rely on are going to have to be themselves and, and maybe have some performances that we maybe didn't expect – uh, maybe a big special teams play. We've had a little bit here. I know the, a kick return by Nwangu in the first game kind of gave us a good spark. We need something like that. We obviously can't give up. Any can't be points. a liability. Special yeah, teams cannot be a liability. Yeah, it can't game. be. You know, you know, Dan Bailey and missed five kicks in the, <laughs> the Vikings. They're, uh, they're on it. Their special teams has been so bad all year, though. Um, <laughs> there's going to be some changes in staff. Could be the head man, too. Who knows? But. Speaking of uh, changes in staff, do we want to transition to another sport or no? Oh, you are you the did you buy the <laughs> you, you you bought the urlfireprome.com or what the website? <laughs> I think you I think maybe you text that to me last night. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> I um, look, it's not easy to do what they do, but I just it was so much fun to sit back and follow our program. Now, obviously, we had you know. I mean, how many part of that was personalities. I mean, we had yeah, great we had, players had like and you the, got invested yeah. in the personalities yeah, as well, here, which but. for, you know, three, four, whatever years and Niang and Monte and Matt Thomas and, and that group and Nader and all those guys. But it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to watch, especially this year because like Hilton is such an iconic venue and it's so you just tune in and you know, it's going to be wild and you tune in and it's just awkward, empty and we're losing to, you know, Kansas State who lost to like a winless like D2 school or some bad team. I mean, it's just like – And and even though it was close and like single digits at the end of the game, it never felt close. Like we'd get it down to, you know, eight or nine points there with a few minutes left, and it never felt very close to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if like, you know, firing prone is – I'm not going to be the guy who's out here fire this coach, fire that coach. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just frustrating to see. And, look – I mean, I would imagine that he, you know, he, he, I know he probably feels the pressure and I would admit he wants to win as much or more than anyone. So oh, absolutely. hopefully they, yeah, hopefully they can turn it around because we've been in the building when a coaching staff gets fired and that there's nothing worse than that. No, Absolutely nothing there, worse than that. there's a, there's a black cloud every single day over oh, everything goodness. you're doing when you know that's coming downhill. And yeah. I mean, but, but just to talk about this, I mean, he inherited a program that was in fantastic shape. I mean, he was 23 and 12 his first year, 24 and 11 his next year. And then in 2017 and 18, 
uh, we were 13 and 18. Um, bounced back in 18, 19. We were 23 and 12. Uh, that was the year that, uh, you know, we had Shayok kind of went off. Um, Wigginton was coming off the bench, but played really well for us. It was Halberton's, uh, Tyrese's uh, freshman year. Uh, but then last year, I mean, a 12 win season. Uh, that's. And then this yeah. year, I mean, I don't, I don't see it being a whole lot better this year. I mean, that's just so frustrating to watch. You know, now as Iowa State fans, this is probably what a lot of teams talk about in football and stuff. But as Iowa State fans, who we've kind of grown accustomed to winning um, in basketball and winning Big 12 uh, tournament titles. And, God, I don't think we're anywhere close right now. Yeah, it's almost like Iowa kind of has what we had in time, like a very veteran senior-laden team or guys that have been around for a long time and they're kind of at their peak. I don't know how much NBA talent they have um, at Iowa, but you know they're obviously a really, really good team this year. And you know, I hope they lose. Or I hope they lose every game from here on out. They won't. But um, <laughs> same page. See, you're you're getting on my block. I like. I know it. I'm getting on your block. But it, my point is, like, yeah, it's a senior laden team that uh, you know has has been you know has been good for a while. But um, and I get like this team would be this team would be different if uh, Horton Tucker is still on the team, but. He's yeah, not. He's not. You got, so you got to be able to yeah. – exactly. You got to be able to reload. In, in today's college basketball, I mean, you're really good players. You can't count on them for more than, you know, maybe two years. If they're good enough – if they're that quality of player, you get them for two years. We, we were – you know, we got really spoiled with having Monte and Niang and, you know, Naz and, and Thomas for as long as we – you know, for their entire careers. Uh, but that's just not the reality. You have to go out and you have to recruit year in and year out to get these guys who can step in and play. I mean, just from watching the game the other night, Kansas State's big man was a freshman. And I, he didn't have a huge game. I don't know how many points he had. But, I mean, he just physically, he got the ball down low and he was able to dominate. And, you know, Xavier Foster, you know, might have a, a bright future ahead of him. He's a big seven-footer. He looks athletic. He can do some things out there. Um but when it comes down to it, man, he kind of gets bodied around out there. And again, I get that he's a freshman. He's probably 18 years old um, playing in the big 12. That's hard. Um, but for a program that wins big 12 tournament titles and is, you know, is, or at least was on the level that we were, can, can we, we need to get some of those guys that can walk in the door and be able to produce and, and be players right away. Uh, and I just, we just don't have that on the roster right now. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they need to go down to Warren County and grab some of those guys from Indianola. Well, it's kind of where Foster's. I don't know if Osceola is in Warren County, but it's not that far away from Indianola. Hey, so. how about the uh, Cleveland Indians changing their name? Are you guys going to change your racist name, Indianola Indians, Warren County? <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm kidding. Uh, well, the Indianola Indians, we do, that as a, we do that as a sign of respect. Um, isn't that always the argument? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's always interesting. I wonder if it, it'll be uh, curious to see what they come up with for a new name. The Cleveland Indians. What would your what's your suggestion? Cleveland, what? The Cleveland, Cleveland baseball. Cleveland baseball team, just like the uh, Washington football Washington team. Washington football team. Yeah, I don't know. We'll just be the Indianola Athletic Department. <laughs> <laughs> Indianola Booster Club. Uh, now that that's, I mean, growing up, that was always a conversation that you know it'd come to a vote and it, you know nothing would ever come of it. And they really talk talked about, about that back in the day. Oh yeah, they talked. We had a really? vote. When they built a new middle school, uh, when I was uh, growing up, I remember they voted whether there was going to be like Indian Middle School Indians, 
and it was it came down to like we were either going to be the middle school like Indianola Mustangs, um, shout out my old AAU baseball team that used to stomp Brett, or uh, or stay Indians, and we just we stayed Indians, so everything was still branded Indianola Indians. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's a that's a conversation that I don't really feel like wading into too deep. No, but at some point, especially in today's you know kind of social climate. It wouldn't shock me if every team, you know, across the board that has that kind of uh, mascot just decides it's, you know, probably the right thing to do to go ahead and change it. Yeah. But yeah, conversation for another day. But um, yeah, I, I did see this one thing I wanted to touch on quick that all transfers are now immediately eligible to play in college instead of now I know this is primarily I don't know if it was just a COVID thing it sounds like the momentum is going in that direction where pretty soon you're going to be able to welcome to free agency you're going to be able to, to just transfer and play right away which I don't think is I mean that, I like was that the rule this year is, is uh kids could transfer and play right away because what's his name the is it Oliver Martin the receiver for Nebraska now he's played three straight years for three different teams Michigan Iowa and now Nebraska yeah, I don't know how that works. I really don't. But I do know that – I don't know that it will necessarily be a good thing because I know that no, we're – it would be a terrible thing. Well, I know that, you know, the media and everyone and, and who knows, are we media people now? But everyone talks about how, you know, your player empowerment and I'm 100% for players getting paid and, um, you know, name, name image likeness and all that. But I just think that coaches will never stop recruiting – and players will always be looking onto the next thing. Yeah. It's just, it's human nature. If you, if you're somebody that has multiple offers coming out of high school, like say you have 15, 20 offers, like that's a really, really hard decision to make. And if you get to a school and you don't start right away, or you have a bad, you know, you're having a bad week and I can promise you, you know, one a bat goes down at a school or, or somebody they missed on a recruit, those coaches aren't going to stop talking to you. I promise you they're not. College Let me tell coaching. you, as a coach, that'd be so hard because now all of a sudden you're, you're recruiting juniors and seniors in high school, and then you're also recruiting freshmen through, senior, freshmen through juniors in college, <laughs> like nonstop recruiting these kids. No. Didn't you have but, schools reach out to you after your freshman year? No. <laughs> no. I, I swear, didn't you get a letter from like – I think you get, I remembered hearing about that. Maybe that was just somebody made it up, but like, that was probably rumors. No, nobody, nobody cared. <laughs> no, I'm saying like freshman year of college, not like, yeah, freshman year. no, I know what you're saying. Okay. I know what you're saying. I no, I don't, I don't, maybe I don't like, yeah, maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe somebody heard it and the coaches got wind of it or something. It never got to you, but I did hear something about that. Um, yeah, I had like, I had every school in the country wanting me after my freshman year. Listen, but for sure. US, listen, the USC wanted me to replace liner. And I was like, you know what? My family's got to be able to watch me play. So, Dan and Beth don't want to make the trip to yeah. out to California. They would have. They probably would have rode with your parents. <laughs> they probably they would have road tripped to every game. A little backstory. Absolutely. Our parents did travel together for to every road game, which is pretty wild. Like, yeah, they Dan, rode together. They drove. Yeah, like, yeah, like my, drove to every game. Yeah, Dan Meyer and Jim Blythe in the front, and then Beth and Cindy in the back, and. <laughs> Just drove to every game. It was kind I of. I still wild. remember it. I still remember my parents still bring it up, kind of like half like ha ha funny and half they're a little pissed. I think it was. I think we played Baylor, and so our parents, uh, my parents and your parents, hopped in the car and drove all the way down there. And my parents got there, and I'd <laughs> I'd forgotten to sign them up for tickets that week and put them, and put them on the pass list. <laughs> so we get down there, and I don't know, like if I remember right before, you know, 
before the game or what, but like an hour before the game, I'm scrambling, trying to get uh, Scott knock shout out Scott knock. But uh, one of our, one of our ops guys be like, okay, I forgot to put my parents on the, on the player pass list. Can you get them tickets? Cause they drove down here to go to the games and they were able to get in and sit with the, you know, all the, the parents. Everything, yeah. Everything I'm surprised Baylor at that time was, was a, uh, was not a packed stadium. Yeah, tough to find a seat in Baylor stadium back in those days, but they had the big tarp in the end zone to cover half their seats. Yeah. So who knows, man? Who knows what's going to happen? But yeah, I just think that's you're 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 opening up a, a can of you know what if you're going to be if you're going to be is, having kids that can transfer every year. It and is tough. That, I get that. Yeah, I, I, but I get the argument of saying you know because you tell a kid when they commit, hey, remember you're not committing to the coach, you're committing to the school because the coach has the freedom to leave anytime he wants. But the kid then, hey, you made these relationships, these assistant coaches, you built this bond, and all of a sudden he's on the next thing smoking to Auburn. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's, uh, you know, just going anywhere. Um, and so it's – I get that argument, but at the same time, then it, it's truly just going to be free agency. A kid doesn't – you know, a kid gets – is a running back, comes in and only has six carries through the first three or four games. Well, what's to stop him from just looking around and another coach shoots him a text and says, hey, we offered you back. The offer still stands if you want to come play for us. Uh, I think I think there would be so much of that going on. You're going to have coaches acting like college girlfriends. Let me see your phone. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Let me see your phone. Who's no talking? doubt. <laughs> but, um, Did college girlfriends do that to you? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> let's look at this. So back to um, – Back to the Big 12 title. <laughs> Moving game. right along. I know. Anyway, uh, I'm just looking at ESPN's page here. Oklahoma last five games. Beat Baylor 27-14, 41-13 over Oklahoma State, 62-9 against Kansas. Shocker. 62-28 Texas Tech. That one doesn't count. 33-14 against TCU. And then our last five, very similar. Outside of beating Texas in a close game against Baylor where, you know, we came out and played – probably our worst first half of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, both teams coming in on a five-game win streaks. Yeah, I think this is probably going to be the best game. I mean, Florida, they're a mess. Alabama's going to beat them by 70. Yeah, it's the closest game. It's closest game in Vegas uh, for all the championship yeah, games. Yeah, this it? year might not even matter. Alabama might beat everybody by 70 points. Like, yeah. even Clemson, they're still good. And Devontae Smith should win the Heisman, the receiver there. He's he's pretty good. He, hey, you know I'm on board for that. I mean, if Brees Hall doesn't get it, then I want that yeah, dude to just, get it. I think some years the quarterback, like last year the quarterback deserved it. Burrow was the best player. But this year it's like, I don't know how good Mac Jones is, but trash to me, like there's just so many easy throws these guys have. Alabama's a little bit harder because they actually throw like slants yeah. over the middle of the field. And but he's got a freak at tight end. Although – To play devil's advocate to Burrow, though, I mean, he's got – one receiver, the best receiver, is the Blitnikoff winner, is sitting out this year, and he won the Blitnikoff last year. His number two receiver is a top five receiver in the NFL as a rookie. Yeah. And he didn't really get touched a whole lot. He had the best no, line just, in college football. I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of what kind of what they did, though. He threw the ball downfield. Yeah. They didn't just throw, like, bubbles and screens. Like, Florida, man, they, they give – it's so easy. That's why it'd be hard. I said this before, like, to evaluate some of these quarterbacks because they don't have to do anything. And you don't know, like, they're just – everybody's so wide open at college at times. But yep. we'll see, man. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, 
hopefully Brees can take home the Doak Walker and they don't give it to like the Alabama running back or something. That'd be it. That'd be an absolute theft. Like the Heisman is probably a long shot. I get that. But if he doesn't win the Doak Walker, if you look at the list as the national rank, he's either first or second. And then a couple thirds, maybe thrown in everything. But the guy that maybe is ahead of him when he is second, it's not the same guy beating him, you know, in, in the couple categories, he's second. I mean, he's, he's, number one in most or number two in the, in a handful of others in every major running back category. Yeah. But you got, it's a lot of those awards are just like who gets talked about the most. And he, I think we've had enough pub this year and he's been talked about enough to where he's in, he's on the, he's top of mind for a lot of voters. If we're a five win team, he doesn't, he doesn't win and yeah. he doesn't have a chance. Yeah. But the fact that we're where we are as a team, uh, I think. Same you know, thing should, can be said Heisman though. They're talking about the Alabama receiver more and more and more. And all of a sudden now he's like at the top of a bunch of boards for the Heisman because they're talking about it more. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's, it's essentially can pop, decide a that. popularity yeah. contest. 100%. They decided that in the past. That's why most fraudulent Heisman of all time, Mark Ingram, 1,500 yards. Hey, Heisman Trophy, man, that was awesome. Uh, who, who won it when Troy Davis won, was up for it? Danny Warfel? Danny Warfel one year and then uh, – That might be the most fraudulent of all Heismans. Yeah, I forget who uh, – But, yeah, the Mark Ingram, like, had a very, you know – like average to above average. Oh, year. never mind. He had sixteen hundred yards and seventeen touchdowns. Like, and that's that's that is the most fraudulent Heisman season of all time. That's not. That's a really good year. That's not a Heisman level year. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, I don't know why that bothers me so much. I'm sure Mark's a good guy. But... <laughs> Shout out Mark. He's, I'm sure he's a great guy. Great human. Yeah, that was the year where like Sue was like, he's the best player. Give him the Heisman. <laughs> But yeah. then it was like Toby Gearhart from Stanford, Colt McCoy. Like, yeah, I mean, sometimes you're just in the right year to where there's no one else. Um, should Christian McCaffrey have won the Heisman? Yes, he should have won the Heisman. Especially after that bowl game against Iowa. That was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching that. You're so good. Just right out of the gates, touchdown. Who, was, uh, who won it the year? Um, McCaffrey. Uh, Derrick Henry, didn't he? This is good radio while you Google. Kyler Murray won it that year. Kyler Murray didn't win it that year, did he? No, Baker won. I'm just going back and looking. Oh, gotcha. I think it was Derrick Henry. Yeah, like Lamar easily should have won his. Speaking of Lamar, did he have cramps or did he shit himself last game? I mean, yeah, I've never seen anybody run run like that. With cramps, so. <laughs> that run, that run. As soon as they put that on TV, everybody knew what the problem was. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at this year, like if if I don't know why we're talking about Heisman, but like the year 2015, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Deshaun Watson, top three. Like Mark Ingram does not sniff a Heisman Trophy that year because Henry no. he had 28 touchdowns, 1800 yards. 28 touchdowns is crazy. Yeah. But then How many – uh, who else was in there? Who else were the finalists with Ingram? It was terrible. It was like Toby Gearhart, Colt McCoy, and Dominic and Sue. Like, oh, that was that year? Okay. Yeah, it kind of rounded it out. But and Baker was in there. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it, a lot of it depends on who who's around you. Like, yeah, I mean, the year Marcus Mariota won it. Melvin Gordon, Amari Cooper – 2013, Jameis, A.J. McCarron, Jordan Lynch, Northern Illinois, was third in the Heisman Trophy. 
Again, that's just he had a lot of high. Twenty hundred yards, twenty-four touchdowns, eight interceptions. What are we doing here? <laughs> Manti Teo was second to Johnny Manziel. Colin Klein was third. That was a good year. To Did Teo's girlfriend go to the ceremony with him? Oh, look at you. Like this year, RG3, Andrew Luck were one, two. Like that's a big time. You're Trent Richardson, 1,600 yards, 21 TDs. He had a better year than Ingram did. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, Monty Ball had almost 2,000 yards, 33 touchdowns. He was fourth. It's all about well, they've, they've said forever, yeah, it's, it's the best player on the best team. So mm -hmm. if you're part of a really, really good team and you're the best player on that team, you got a shot. That's why Brees Hall – you know, is in the conversation this year. Does he win the Heisman this year? I mean, no, probably not. But he better win the Doak Walker because of the fact that our team's really, really good and he's the best running back in the nation. It's crazy. Toby Gearhart had 1,800 yards, 28 touchdowns. Ingram had 1,600 yards, 17 touchdowns, and Ingram won the Heisman. How many yards did uh, Gearhart have? 1,871. He had more attempts, though. He had. Um, yeah, he Whatever had happened to attempts, him? But... Played in the league for a handful of years. I mean, he's one of those guys athletically that's just a really good college player. And yeah. I mean, he, he, they ran him into the ground at Stanford, so he had a ton of mileage. Athle athletic in. enough to be a good college player, but not athletic enough to play at the next level. Basically, yeah. Well, so you were. I was just about to say, kind of describing your co-host right now. <laughs> yeah, so 2003 was our freshman. You were 05. Reggie Bush, Vince Young, Leinert, Brady Quinn. I must have been 11th then because I see I don't see my Bush Liner. Bush Liner was, or I mean, uh, the Bush Young, those two. Whoo, whoo. 06, Troy Smith, Darren McFadden. This is, yeah. Yeah, you must have been 11th that year too because I only show top 10 here. So I don't oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, wrap, so let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. The most yeah, random we're... podcast. Um, <laughs> what's it gonna, who, who's going to win and why, Todd? We're going to win because uh, we have a five-star culture. I don't know if you've heard that. It's been talked Ooh. about a little bit in the last uh, couple of weeks. But, um, no, we're going to win this thing. I think it's not going to be low scoring. I'm going to go 42-34. Uh, I'm going to on him, huh? Yeah, we are. We're going to come out, uh, and Brees Hall is going to have about 175, two tugs, get our tight ends involved. Sean Shaw, who I love, throw it to the big tall kid. Uh, he's going to come out and, and surprise and have one of those – that's one of those guys that's going to step – yeah, he's 6'6 six, six and athletic. He's a freak. Um, but he's one of those guys that, you know, isn't the first name out of your mouth and you're talking about our, our key players, but he needs to have a good game. I mean, he's going to come down and, and catch a, you know, 30-yard touchdown, and uh, away we go. I can't believe they gave Mark Ingram a Heisman Trophy. It <laughs> ruined my night nine years later, whatever it is, but uh, 11 so years I can later. Tell. I can tell. We just spent 10 minutes on a Heisman deep Heisman dive. rant. Um, <laughs> all right, so Iowa State's going to win because they're my favorite team. And that's number <laughs> one. And then now I think it's going to be much like the – kind of like the Texas game where we come out and, they, you know, as long as – we stay within striking distance early on. I think we'll win. I just think we'll. I think we'll outlast them. I think we'll make fewer mistakes. Our quarterback has been extremely efficient offensively. We're not turning the ball over, and I just think defensively we're 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 better than anything they faced. Uh, even you know we're we're a lot better than we were in the first matchup. Right now on offense, defense, and special teams, if we can keep everyone 
keep everyone in front of us, no big plays in the return game for them. And, you know, maybe we can pop one and get a good 30, 40, 50 yard return to set us up with a short field. You know, Connor, um, in the kicking game, just do your job. And uh, I think we'll be fine. I like it. I think Iowa State's going to win. I think it's going to be, I'm going to go with um, 31 to 24. I'm going to go more around. I don't know where you got 34. How do you get 34 points? I don't know. I just kind of threw that out there. I think it'll be just over a, a one possession ball game. Math guy. Are you a numbers guy? Are you a numbers guy? Yeah. Wicked smat. Wicked smat. It's my boy. He's wicked smat. What movie is that from Boston that we used to watch? What is that? The Town? The Town. That's a great movie. My quote right there for anyone out there, that was obviously Goodwill Hunting, but The Town is a fantastic movie. I almost watched all of Goodwill Hunting. I'm like you grew notorious. up. You grew up right here. Same rules that I did. <laughs> that good hunting again. I started. I'm notorious for like watch starting movies. Do you, do I, you like apples? Well, <laughs> I got a, I got a number. How do you like them apples? Is this all good hunting? Yeah. How I mean, many times have you seen a, this movie? A million. It's a fantastic movie. Is it good? Should I finish it? Yeah. Should you finish it? Is that Robin Williams? Is he in there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Matt Damon's like the math whiz, right? Yeah. Okay. And Ben That's Affleck's okay. his best friend. It's ben like Affleck. us. I'm super, super smart, and then you're just my buddy. I don't think that's fair. Okay, maybe we should probably wrap this thing. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Yeah, you, you let's, more, let's call it. You got any more Boston? Sign off in a Boston accent. I don't know. I can't do it on the spot. I don't know what to say. Oh, he's a fraud. He's a fraud. All right. Go Cyclones. <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from Indianola. I know. Cyclone hey, go, Nation. Go Clones. Get after these Sooners. I know. We're going to win. Win, lose, or draw. Let's enjoy, let's enjoy the moment because this is the first of many. We're going to be back. I guarantee it. But uh, go Cyclones. BW, yep. Cyclone Nation, enjoy it. We'll check Go back Clones. next week.